Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome to Pink Shade with Aaron Martin, Mary Payne Gilbert from Pain in the Pod, and I are here to recap the very last gasp of Season 7 of 90 Day Fiancé. Uh, the tell-all was underwhelming, but we're here to recap it all, Parts 1 and 2, as we head into the next iteration of 90 Day, which will be before the 90 Days, and that is starting on Sunday, February 23rd. Hey, Mary Payne. Hey, how are you? I told Mary Payne before we started recording that I needed to get my small, my small medium shirt on, like Michael, because I'm having a midlife <laughs> crisis. I need to go get a Corvette and like drive my kid around in it inappropriately, and, and then pick up a hot uh, 22 year old Brazilian guy to marry. Yeah, exactly. You know, husband Aaron will just have to deal with it. I'll start wearing like a weird cap, like Janet Jackson Ooh. from Rhythm Nation or whatever Michael's wearing around. I just feel like it's February. Everyone has been sick. It's like outbreak in my house i think it is in yours too i don't know if a lot of other bunkies are experiencing this but my god one person gets sick gives it back to me i give it to somebody else there's only three people in my house so we just can't get rid of anything i'm like yeah not a lot of us yeah i'm gonna be about five but only um how many people know that's the dog we have four um (laughs) but only three of us are passing it back and forth it goes john anna me and now john will get it next because now i'm sick so excuse the way my voice sounds and um i will be pausing intermittently to suck on a cough drop are you in your feeding window or your fasting window you're in just your sick window you're in your medicine window (laughs) Uh, there's been no feeding window for forever because since January, I've either had um, a surgery, a back spasm, an illness. I mean, somebody just like throw me you know, off the second story window and let me land on the basketball net. I would probably bounce right up. I mean, at this point. Seriously. This is some bullshit. This is some serious bullshit. This is the winter yeah. of our discontent. Oh, my God, you guys. Thank God for trash TV, though. At least we have something to focus on besides just our bodies falling apart on us. Uh, first of all, before we get into just general overview of the tell-all, and then we'll go couple by couple through it. Okay. I need to say this, and I tweeted it out. I stand by it. I feel personally robbed that Bojangles was not produced on the stage of the tell-all. I mean, we know well, that he's probably not allowed off property, but they could have busted him out for one day. Well, they could have put him in a floating head. Now, that would have been scary. <laughs> they, could have, <laughs> they could have Skyped him in from the barn. I mean, tell me they couldn't have done something. I was like, this is the star of the season, and we got no Bojangles. We got stupid uh, fucking uh, Jasmine and Blake's hangers-on coming on oh. on Skype. I was like, you're going to put them on, but no Bo. Mm-mm. Anyway, that was my okay. one overwhelming disappointment anyway okay so let's talk about the tell-all here we go okay so at the very beginning we sort of get this whole like people walking down the street and all that so it opens with robert and annie in their hotel room and they say that they've been having problems since getting married like oh what really shocker and she says she's still waiting on all the things he promised her 
Um, and of course, she's probably thinking to herself, like, this hotel room is way nicer than the apartment you promised me. Um, then we see Juliana and Michael, and they're like looking like movie stars getting into their SUV. And he says, you know, Juliana and Sarah created a bond very quickly. And uh, I, he, you know, doesn't like to talk about his divorce with Sarah. But anyway, that's just a precursor for what's to come. It's kind of dumb that they did that. I um, know. They're like, okay, we get it. That's what you're going to talk about. So now we have Sasha and Emily, and um, she says he doesn't really know how to navigate American friendship, so that's been tough. So you can just imagine him at the gym like, hello, I, Sasha. You fat. <laughs> you fat. You have Gatorade. That's bad. It has sugar and knocks it out of people's hands. Want to be friends? I will yeah. throw away all your snacks. Yeah, so he doesn't know how to make friends. Um, then we see Marcel and Anna on the cat. Well, first we see them walking up, and she says, wow, I can't believe it's – been this long and he's like yes hard for sure hard marriage so she says on the couch and no one has been supportive of their marriage now mike and his 1988 uh bluetooth are coming in and he's got that in the car he's got the bluetooth in his ear in the car and as he's walking into the building okay mike they, in, in sequim they don't sell um airpods or regular headphones no and he's like yeah i just you know i had a hard time getting away uh but i i made it here like he's like a mover and shaker i'm like aren't you just like on the farm you know putting chemicals in the pond with bow what's happening it's like a christmas tree farm so he says it's tough you know he's there alone so angela and her cigarette are also coming alone to the tell-all and you know she says you know i don't know why i couldn't get that visa um her now, walking down the street Mary Payne is my favorite part of the opening montage. Her just pounding the pavement on the side street, going in a back door, just smoking that cigarette. I, they should have set that to real like shaft music. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's why I say Angela and her cigarette. I mean, you know, just like Mike and his Bluetooth Angela yeah. and her cigarette. Um, so then we see Tanya, and she says, you know, she worries, and she's worked a lot to support both of them, and. She worries if he's going to be able to live up to what he promised. And um, then we see Sinjin saying, no, I haven't got a job yet, no, but I can't get a job and do what I hate. And then in the hall, Angela asks Sinjin if he likes America, and he says, oh, it's okay. And Jasmine tells the camera that she needs Blake's friends to understand that she's the first priority. And they're all getting seated on the um, couch. <clears throat> Sorry, Angela and Michael throw up gang signs to each other, and he's on the floating head. They're like, what, what? Um, and then Deshaun's like, welcome to da, da 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 Just so you know, we have a translator that has been brought in for Marcel. Because right. everybody is saying, especially in Pillow Talk, they're like, how's he going to be able to understand what they're saying? So he must have it in his ear. He like, has translating. it in his ear. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, can we just, I, we have to back up to Tanya and Sinjin coming in. Can we name oh, them right God. now? Scoot and I Panic. About yeah. Scoot and Panic. Scoot. Scoot and panic. Mm, no, because neither one of them is ever in a panic. Okay, but these two walking in on that scooter, singeing, carrying the crutches. I'm like, look at this broke down marriage walking in the door. I mean, God, you know, God help her. She couldn't fix herself with her herbs, but she got in a car accident apparently and broke her ankle. Hope she's doing okay. I still don't like her, but anyway, it, her going on that scooter. I don't know. There's something really curb your enthusiasm about that to me. You know, like <laughs> do 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 like. It was just the best scene. Well, yeah, and people were mad because they were like, why didn't Sean say to her, like, when did you have the accident? Was it at night? Was it during the day? Were you not wearing your seatbelt since you never wore it on the show? Like, people were like, why were there no follow-up to that? Did they cut the pink T-shirt right off of you? Or uh, what happened to that shirt when you got in the accident? Because we, sure we know for sure you were wearing it. For sure. And, and then, you know, one of our bunkies posted, you could get it at CBS. They had a picture of that 
pink t-shirt hanging in the aisles at CVS. Um, which is fine. No shade to CBS clothes. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I've been there. I've been there on vacation. You know, when you need a t-shirt, that's where you go. Okay. So should we start with Anna and Marcel? Just get right down to it. Yeah. Okay. So in the opening conversation, Sean is asking about that whole thing about the bed making noises. And he says, oh, no, no, no. Like that was the trees. And I put in all capital letters. Is Marcel making a joke? I don't what? know what he's doing. Okay. A lot of people were talking about the beads he had, his prayer beads. Yeah. People are calling them worry beads. And if you, I, I've seen, you've probably seen people carrying these before, or rubbing them. It's kind of like, um, what are their 100? Like yeah. They're a 99 plus one and they represent the 99 names of God. I think it, in Muslim culture, this is my understanding. I, when we were in Turkey, tons of men had them, especially, mm-hmm. you know, and they just kind of have them while they're eating or while they're talking. And it's just, yeah, it's like a ritual, but also kind of for relief. It's like people call them worry beads, you know, without the religious connotation. But anyway, a lot of people were talking about that. Like, what what is that? Is that part of his translation app or whatever is happening? No, no, no. Um, but yeah. He, I think, was trying to make a joke, which was shocking. Yeah, I think he, yeah, he was. Shocking. I think he probably came with that prepared. Like, they probably fed him beforehand. Like, we're going to ask you this question about sex beforehand. And he, like, had to write down something about the trees. <laughs> so he have something funny to say. Because after that, he was thoroughly confused. He just smiled, yeah. open-mouthed, and it looked like he did not know what was going on. The poor guy. I mean, he is. Yeah. they cannot communicate any better today than they could a year ago. Uh-uh. Uh, Marcel says it's the first time he's been around people in this culture. They talk about sex, and he says it's a sacred thing. And then Anna laughs and says, like, yeah, it's sacred, so we do it during the day when the kids are at school. And they just laugh and laugh. I was like, ew. I know. All right. Disgusting. Um, Anna has on a very confusing dress pattern. I think it's a very much of a Lulu Rose situation. Oh, from Nicole's makeup store or just Nicole's online store. Uh, just somebody that sells Lulu Rose, yeah. yeah. Um, or maybe she sells it. I don't know. Nicole so, did. Yeah. Nicole and as in me and May, she sold Lutheran for a while, for sure. She was wearing it like every scene the last yeah, season I, she I was feel, in. I feel like that's what's happening. Yeah. Um, okay. So we talk about the bachelorette party and um, Sean asked him if he was surprised at what she said at the bachelorette party. And he says, no, you know, it's American culture. And Sean asked, how can you fall in love when you don't? speak the same language and she goes well it's not as bad as it seems on tv and and he could talk with um the boys and have a basic conversation and and um she goes uh show show them what you can say and he goes where are you from how are you (laughs) poor marcel don't put him on the spot like that and here's the deal i couldn't speak his language either but i would sure as hell not want people to ask me to speak it on a tell-all when i knew nothing right they, they definitely planned that. So they show the clips of all the kids and Sean asked, you know, why hasn't Joey warmed up? And Anna says, look, Joey's a teenager and he doesn't say how he feels. And Gino is very sensitive about the fact that the kids were a secret. And Joey gets upset when Leo calls Marcel Baba, which is Turkish word for father. And then Sinjin and Robert both, Robert, by the way, was the hero of this reunion. They both say Joey was the man of the house and the boys are protective of their mother. And Anna's right. like, oh, yeah, Marcel has to prove himself. And Sean's like, many people wondered how you could even get into a relationship with this man who won't acknowledge your family and your children. <laughs> and I was like, right. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. I-, I thought she did a pretty I thought Sean did a pretty good job. Again, p- 
people kind of shade her and other hosts that have been on these things. We have to understand they do not control the questions. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. They control the follow up though, and I think that's where people want to see a little bit more. I thought she did pretty well at the follow up on this. I, I did. I yeah. do too. Yeah. So we, all, we see all the clips of the crying, and he says, "Take you know, a knee." Huh? Oh, take a knee. Take a knee. Lots of taking a knee and whacking the purse around. And he says, I was here alone. I had no one to talk to or tell me what to do. And I didn't speak English. So that's his reasoning for like leaving, fleeing the country. And Sinjin's like, but if you had to do it all again, would you go ahead and tell them? And he says, yes. They all want to know how he was allowed to leave and come back. Right. And Anna says, I think it was fate. And all the couch people are like, nope, that was complete luck. Yeah, And Sean says, are there any more secrets, Anna? Are there any more secrets? And I put uh, three humans is not quite a secret. And um, Anna says, well, Marcel wants a baby and I'm not able to carry it, carry it anymore. You know, like whatever she's had, you know, she's done. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they'd have to get a surrogate. But in Turkey, a surrogate is illegal. So the parents would never have to know that she wasn't pregnant. Yeah, they're just going to say it on here. I mean, uh, these people are ridiculous. I have a question about Marcel and the translator app or whatever. Not the app, the actual person who's translating in his ear. When he's answering questions in Turkish and we're seeing, you know, the English translation on our screens, how are the people on the stage or Sean understanding him? Do you think the person is standing on the side just like saying the answers? Think how long this took. Good God. No, because I feel like he, he was just speaking and people were responding. And I'm like, he just said that in Turkish. How did you understand what he said? Does everybody have something in their ear? Like, we're seeing it printed for us in English. Oh. Um, I was confused about the logistics of this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. I, I don't work with TLC. I don't know. I don't know either. I do not know. Okay, so did you like, though, when, she, when Anna was like, well, we can communicate, you know, better than people think we can. And Sean crosses her arms and goes, I don't believe that, Anna. <laughs> I was like, good for you. Speak okay. the language of love. Whatever. Okay, should we move on to Michael and Juliana? Yes, I still um still still stand by them. Still stand by them. Still like them. I am okay with them. They are not nearly as creepy as they look to be at the very beginning of the season. Michael still drives me crazy with his medium shirts. I mean, he he had a little it was not as ill fitting. As in his confessionals, what he wore well, he to the nice. tell-all. He, he looked, looked nice. nice. Juliana, of course, looks beautiful. The The friendship with Sarah, I mean, it was exemplified again how close they are. They're actually holding hands at the tell-all. Very I just, weird. I don't, yeah, I know. What is wrong with me? I, it's it's heartwarming and it's cringeworthy. How could it be both? Um, because it's almost like she had a daughter who married her husband. Yes. It's like she's the daughter. Yes. Yeah. Um, Okay. So um, Juliana says it is hard. Um, Let's say, wait, Juliana says it's hard in Brazil and that she's having a good life here in America and she sends them money every single month. She says she has a home in Brazil that she pays for and her family lives in, but no one in her family will talk to her. Now, when she says she pays for it, are we to assume she pays for it with Michael's money? Well, yeah, she pays for it means Michael pays for it. Okay. But I have to assume that she initially was able to buy it from like her modeling and yacht girl money. Hmm. Um, and then Michael's, yeah, Michael's like, we don't know why, but they won't talk to her anymore. And she says, if I share anything, they say horrible things to me because I couldn't bring them all with me. And he says, well, she was their only hope. And then she left. And, um, 
she says when she would first, you know, probably when she would go from the city back to her town, she would just buy them a ton of food and everything. And so now, like, if she doesn't do it, they're like, right. Why do you say no and fuck off? And she's like, I mean, what? Yeah. It was really sad when she was crying about that. I mean, everything that we learn about her just, I think, makes everyone more compassionate toward her. You know, it's like she started out being, you know, kind of the hot girl who got the rich, supposedly rich guy. But she is, yeah, she's more three-dimensional than that. And this is just another instance of finding out more about her that's just tragic, you know, that her family is acting like this. And it's understandable that people, you know, it's not greed necessarily, it's desperation, but then they come to expect certain things from her. It's just, I don't know. I I do feel bad for her. I do too. So Sean, of course, is like... Hmm, that's bad. Let's talk about your weird thruple with Michael's ex, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah comes out and she's like, hi, lean do in. Think, do you think that Sarah and Michael look like twins? They do look like the brother-sister couple. Yes, they do. They, they really do. And this goes on to my theory that people are always attracted to people that look like themselves. And you can really, really, you look at celebrity couples, ones that worked, ones that didn't. People are attracted to people that look like themselves i don't i would think the opposite like aren't you supposed to be attracted to somebody who doesn't look like you because you're not supposed to really you know pull an incest no that these people look like they completely look like twins and i bet that many many times they've been out in public and people have asked if they're like brother sister twins they do look like brother sister for real and juliana looks like their daughter you know she looks like the third the third child that they had together so before they bring out their actual kids who are continued to be the mvps um Sarah talks about her divorce from Michael. Sean kind of tries to get it out of them. Like, what really happened? What happened? And essentially, what I took away from it is, like, Michael just had a midlife crisis. I mean, he was probably traveling, flirting with people, maybe having an affair. He says he at least was having an emotional affair with mm-hmm. some, you know. And they don't really get into the dirty details, which is fine. But it sounds like he just had a total breakdown. You know. Yeah, he said he said he was in a uh, he wasn't feeling free in his life, mm-hmm. and he was in a um, downward spiral. And she was like, "Well, that's funny because she always had freedom." And then Sarah says, "You know, he had some relationships I would describe as beyond friendship." So he says he did have these emotional affairs, and they asked Juliana what she thought about it, and she says, "I didn't ask him, but I did ask her." <laughs> um, Sarah says that the age difference between Michael and Juliana did concern her at first and that maybe Juliana would leave him once her career took off. But once she really got to know Juliana and what she's been through in life, her mind really changed. And Juliana's like, Sarah is like my sister. And then Max and Cece come out who are adorable. And Max says his advice to the other couples is to learn the other's cultures and their language. And he turns to Priscilla and on and goes, sorry. I go, sorry. <laughs> Not sorry. And they're like, oh, that's okay. That's okay. I'm like, I cannot believe he's coming out here and schooling these people on actually what they should be doing. God, it was funny. So, so Max, funny. They're so Max, wise, these kids. They are. And I think that's just, you know, anything we want to say about them, Michael and Sarah have raised, raised these good yeah. kids. And Max says, you know, if he had to pick, he really likes Sinjin and Tanya. And Cece says, I don't know who they are over there on the end, but I like that guy and that blonde lady on the screen, Mike and Natalie. (laughs) I love when she goes, I like the blonde lady. Her head is right there. She's got the crazy eyes. Yeah, they're very cute. Anyway, let's move on to Tanya and Sinjin. Got to keep on trucking. 
All right, keep on trucking. I'm, um, I'm on the struggle bus, so thank you for providing the pep in our staff today. No, it's fine. I'm, I'm just like coughing right through it. Um, I'm just so like they talk, a mess. They talk about the car accident. We get no information on that. We talk about why she's so into body smells and armpit hair. And she says, I don't know. I just like to twirl my fingers in it. I, I, <laughs> my stomach is still not quite right, and I can't right. even deal. I mean, oh, my Lord. When she talks about like combing her fingers through it, I was like, I can't. I can't. I mean... She looked beautiful, I will say that, at the tell. She did. She really she, looked gorgeous. She, she puts in a minor amount of effort and looks amazing. Yes, she does. I know. So I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> I'll give her that. But she still, like, just makes my skin crawl. And talking about that really makes my stomach flip. Okay, then they talk about Costa Rica. Like, why did you leave for for 30 days during the 90? She uh-huh. has an explanation that doesn't really uh, tell us anything. She just says what she said on the show, basically. Like, well, I'd already put it off for two years, and we made the decision together, and blah. Eh. That was mm-hmm. it. And in the end. And then they were like, well, I mean, he's here to see you when you leave. And she goes, well, I mean, whatever did you do to make me feel comfortable when I visited South Africa? And he was like, oh, I did everything I could to make you feel comfortable while you're visiting. All right, so we get the footage of all the jobs that he might get. You know, opera singer, firefighter, uh, actor, <laughs> a sumo wrestler. These and, um, are the people in your neighborhood. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the Richard Scary book. And um, she says, you know, she's done some things to help him. Like she reached out to a woodworking shop and singing coaches and doing things to like progress him forward. And he goes, oh, yeah, it's true. I uh, suffer from procrastination and uh, the universe will take me where I need to go. And I like that because Tanya, she pushes me, but it has to be something I really like I have this trauma from working in the mines. And uh, so Michael goes, it sounds like you have PTSD and you need therapy. Um, because I, mean, I think we can all agree with that. And so they talk about the baby timeline and he says, I'm indecisive about having a child and we don't talk about it much. So Tanya seems like pissed. It's like moving away from him. And Sean says to Tanya, all right, well, five years from now, if you didn't want a baby, will you get divorced? And Tanya shakes her head and says, uh, yeah, you know, we could break over it. Yeah. And Anna goes, why would you even get married in the first place then? Okay, Anna, shut up over there. Exactly. Like, no, you don't need to chime in about the why would you get married? You're married, getting married to a guy who doesn't speak your language. So I did like the moment where Robert tried to face off with Tanya, though. And she got kind of scared of him, even though he's Robert should be hosting. <laughs> he was like, excuse me, but it's called 90 days, not 60 days. And she's like, well, you know, I didn't spend only eight days with him or eight hours with him before he came over. Right. I was there for nine months. Like, and he's like, oh, uh, are you disrespecting me? She's like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just going to prop my leg up. I'll be over here. Yeah. Um, so we get the soulmate conversation, right? So she says, God. This, literally, she talks in a complete circle. Yep. She says, it's for everyone to decide on their own. And like, you can have so many. And that's when Robert's like, why did you even marry him? And Sinja goes, yeah, yeah. You know, this really hit me hard and cracked my mind. And here's what she says. Sinjin gives me space to explore and learn. And I appreciate it so much. And you understand me and starts to cry. And she's like, um, why does that one word have to define everything? And he understands me and I don't need the world to understand me. Just him. Sasha chimes in. Calm down, Tanya. My opinion is, is that you have a relationship in the past. You don't tell us. It hurts me. And I don't want to know if Emily has a soulmate somewhere else. Like, can we go back to the fact that you just told this stranger to calm down? Can we also go back to the fact that didn't Sinjin like sing opera before this happened? Do we just gloss over that? 
Uh, he yeah, busted but... out in a full, like, whoa. Um, so Sean asked Sasha, well, Sasha, um, do you think your first wife was your soulmate? And he goes, I don't know. Ten years ago, I didn't know. We're all learning and growing. Angel, and here, Angela, yeah. But his second relationship with his second wife was really good. And he thought they would be together forever. Angela goes, you just told her not to do that. <laughs> Angela starts piping up. Do you think Angela oh. was instructed specifically not to get into it with any live castmates? Because she yeah. she reserved that only for the Skype situation yeah 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 okay. they were told yeah she was definitely told to restrain and on the pillow talk the i mean the hilarious is tim's like every time she would talk i would just look forward i would just look forward because i didn't want to get yelled at and then david and annie were saying they were on a couch with her one time and they were like oh, oh don't piss her off she's gonna go crazy <laughs> do you remember when paul actually had to like grab her tit well to, accidentally, to calm her down allegedly accidentally accidentally he just he grabbed onto whatever he could because she was coming across to attack uh rachel of rachel and john i know rachel and john i just just really want their love story to work god follow our fairy tale hashtag oh i'm i'm following it ginger ninja uh tanya whatever soulmate gate so stupid they pipe Um, up a lot more throughout the other couple's sessions so we'll talk about them some more but basically that's it in a nutshell for them they're good they're just as weird as each other we came to kind of realize that throughout the season right yeah he is as flaky as she is pretending that she's organized right exactly yeah so it works out um and so let's go to jasmine and blake and his contact lenses um wesley snipes from demolition man is on the stage you know i didn't really notice it right away because they didn't linger on him too much but when they really started talking to him i was like hold on my daughter doesn't even watch this show but she does love angela she's like you hate them right i'm like no i hate them and i love them um she walked through during this blake thing and goes wait is he wearing blue contacts like she doesn't even know and i go yes she goes did he have him on the whole season i go no it's a new thing and she goes is his girlfriend like um like a like a robot or like a playboy bunny like what and i go just just keep walking it's too late to try to figure it out right we're at the end of this journey we're not we're not following this fairy tale anymore i never want to see them again if blake and jasmine show up on the the, after the 90 days uh -uh. i don't know i'm just not into it digital only okay so um we get nothing of them in the part one no we just talk about we just talk about in the opening conversation about when she first flew in and she wanted to shower and sleep um now in part two we get rita and everett because they are so boring that they had to bring on uh broke down entourage so we get a montage of how they have different personalities and the friends don't think she's interested in uh, in the friends enough yeah or the music she's not a fan Okay, fine. She's not a fan. So Sean says, you know, what do you think about all this? And she goes, it's so interesting because here I only do stuff that he likes and nothing that I like, which has got to be true. She lives here. She's doing everything he likes. She's not able to do her aerobic kick dancing routines. I mean, (laughs) that's right. You know what? To be fair, I'm sure she could find a place to do those aerobic kick dancing routines. And I really want to see an updated version of one of those because it was amazing. I thought Uh, that was the updated version. I think actually it wasn't too long ago. You're right. We we posted that on the Facebook group. You guys, I don't, I can find it again if you're, if you're over there and you're looking for it or just type it into the search bar. So uh, his corny ass friends, when they show up and whine, do you feel like this was just like 
extending, you know, some beef that isn't really real? Or do you feel like they're actually upset with her? Uh, I think it's half and half. I think that Katrina from the broadcast has said that, you know, a little bit is exaggerated. Excuse the cough. But Rita and Everett say that she makes zero effort to even say, how are you? And Rita goes, maybe she feels above us and like we aren't worth her time. And Blake goes, look, this is just how Finnish people are. And Everett goes, it's not a cultural thing. It's a personality trait. It's like, all right. Okay, so what? Okay, who cares? You don't like your friend's spouse. Who cares? You get forced. She's so fucking boring. Why do you want her to be friends with you? Exactly. Why do you want her at the show? You know, she's sitting there with Demolition Man who's wearing the crazy ass blazer. I mean, she's putting in her time with crazy enough. You know, she already she's married to him, too. Like, why are we even talking about it? Rita says she's worried Jasmine's taking advantage of him. He doesn't do what he wants to do anymore. And he doesn't stand up for himself. And whatever. And and Jasmine goes, I'm not outgoing. I'm very shy. You know, it's just the way I am. It's a finished thing. And I would love to do more daytime things, but not clubs. (laughs) <laughs> she goes no more claps just daytime and then at the end of their segment you can hear her saying to blake i don't like being around all of these people on stage this is not good i like to talk to people one-on-one but i do not like to talk to people in a group Mm-mm. and he's like okay <laughs> yeah 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 what because that? rita rita's last comment is you should make an effort for blake's sake before i get to a point where i don't care i mean nobody gives a shit rita and then once the cameras go off and they're like walking off that's when she looks at blake and goes um, I, I can't really talk in this situation. This is the worst for me. Like, I like to talk one-on-one close. I don't want to talk in a group. I like to talk in your face. I like to talk <laughs> in your face. Yeah, this is just the most boring couple in the world. You know, and they're done. We're done with them. Okay, Bye. Robert and Annie. Let's get into that. We get the Goodwill flashback, and Robert talks about that it was just a test. And we oh, know that this was all set up just to be on camera. And so whatever. They also talk disgustingly about all the places they can have sex. This is at the beginning of the show, I think, even before they get into their segment alone, because they're still sharing a bed with Bryce. And they're like, well, we have the couch. We have the shower. We have the floor. We good. Um, Yes. And then then he says the thing about the using clothing store. And um, Sean says, now, Robert, why did you sign that new lease? And he says, I didn't know when she was coming which I think is actually true because it seems like all these people get sprung on them. They have like two weeks. And he says, and the preschool's right across the street until I wasn't going to move. And she goes, uh, that neighborhood has a lot of two bedroom apartments. And he says, you know, again, about he tested her out at the Goodwill. And um, she again says, okay, but you told me when I came here, don't bring any clothes. And she said, I did for a while live with a man who had money and servants. And this rich man um, wanted to marry me, but I was drinking all day. I had no connection to him. Yeah. And so I thought that was a really interesting thing we didn't know about her. No, I know. She's never talked about that before. Yeah. And so Robert says, you know, look, I pay for my other kids. Um, I pay for Bryson. I pay for the apartment and I have two cars. So I'm like, I guess he gives her a car and his other cars for Uber. Um, We talk quickly about the Facebook pictures with old women. And he says she has a past also. But he says in the she says in those photos he's kissing the other women, so Sinjin was like, "Oh, that would bother me too." Um, Robert says he doesn't care and he's happy to delete the photos, but he won't delete them if his kids in the pictures. And Robert says, "Stop snooping, or you find what you're looking for." Stop snooping. Stop snooping in the one bedroom apartment. What else does she have to do? He's driving the Uber all day. What else is she going to do? I know, right? The dumbest part of their whole segment was how the porn grandparents came back on. I was like, "Please stop trotting them out, trying to make them happen." 
Diamond Fox has some new Botox, and her eyebrows are so close to her forehead, and something is not right. And yeah. <laughs> grand, grand, porn granddad got a fresh dye job <laughs> on his Amish beard. His Amish beard is almost to the floor, and it is it is like dripping with black shoe polish. Oh my god, I t- you're totally right. I'm flashing back to what they look like. You're right. It was kind of like they showed up, and I thought, I know they've always looked really whack, but they look extra whack right now. I just thought it was me, because I hadn't seen them in a while. They no, 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 no. They did get some not, fresh not, stuff I, going on. Yeah. Yeah, they got all freshened up for this to sit like on their couch and you know, hit their own iPhone to turn the camera off. Um, so, you know, she says, you know, Annie says all the birth control questions. Are you okay? I'm not okay. okay. Uh, Mary Payne, I just have to say, God bless you again for carrying us today. I'm such a mess. All I'm doing is just being like, uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. What about that? You guys, I'm s- I've never struggled like this until this February and I'll stop talking about my ailments, but my God, something's wrong. And if I, if you don't hear from me in a couple of weeks and there's no podcast, somebody sent help, but we will get through this and I'll just maybe laugh at what you say. Okay. That sounds good. Okay. So she says all the birth control questions hurt her feelings because maybe she does want to have children and she's like, whatever, 33 and maybe she, you know, so then the, there's the hint of maybe, you know, Annie is having fertility struggles or something. Well, she, you know, I thought she I'm more like, than hinted at that. I thought she said like, I, you know, I have reproductive issues. Basically. I'm just like, wow. Like, you know, there's more to Annie than we got to I see. Know. I would love to have seen this instead of these stupid porn grand and granddad. So porn granddad's like, well, we worry about this because he's a fertile myrtle. And great porn granny says, because if you have more kids that could take away for Bryson. And and he says, she doesn't ask me about Bryson. She only asks about me. And Robert says, that's not your place. And you're not my mom. And, you know, now they have a huge fight and they used to see him once a month, but now they're threatening me. And my son is not going to your crib. And porn granddad gets up and hits the camera. And it just went to a, it went to a 10 real fast. Yeah, it did. And they just shut the cameras down basically. And then afterwards we learned from Robert that, they had a falling out because there was some kind of house fire, apartment building fire, and Robert and Bryson had nowhere to stay, and she literally wouldn't let them stay with her. Yeah, he says, you know, this goes deep and it's dark, and I was I was homeless for two months, and my friends took me in, and Stephanie would not help me out. Uh, you know what? I, we don't know anything about the daughter, right? Some people are saying she's in prison. Did somebody look that up? Did Katrina from the broadcast? Uh, um- I think she's not currently in prison, but okay. I believe she's in and out of prison in rehab with a drug okay. problem. So she's going through some stuff. But the fact that this these porn grand, granny and grandpa, they want to act like they're so involved. It sounds like they're not really at all. I mean, they just they want to be on TV. We get it. We got they it. They want to be on TV. Yeah. They want us to go look up Diamond Fox with two X's. Oh, my God. Her eyebrows. You are so right on that. All right. Oh, should we? Okay. How about uh, Emily and Sasha? Em- I okay. really felt for Emily. I did, too. She so is going this- through some postpartum depression, it seems. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but I. it just seemed like, man, she is. She's struggling, you know? She is. And he and is her- not helpful. Uh-uh. So we get to see his ex, Masha, um, a.k.a. the Russian Carol Radswell. Yes. And she says, you know, America is the next step forward for Sasha. And Emily is just the excuse. Robert's like, she's a hater. I'm like, Robert, chiming in. Um, so <laughs> I 
hype. He's the hype man for every single second. He was really good. He was really good. He really has been paying attention to all the episodes. And so Sasha says, um, well, uh, Masha obviously doesn't remember the details of our marriage. So then Sean's asking about the timeline. And he says he met his second wife after he and Masha, Masha had broken up. But he did meet Emily when he was still married to his second wife because Emily was a client at the gym, but he never had a um, romantic relationship with her until they got separated. She heard he had gotten mm-hmm. separated, so she approached him. And so he says he made, yeah, made some mistakes in his life, wasn't a great father to the oldest son, Daniel. Now, Emily, when he says this, she fully has her back turned to him. Yeah, she's, she's like her body language her. is mm-hmm. all like, I'm just, yeah, I can't. And also yeah, so- his his whole statement of like she's just a client that's going to come to that's going to come in handy in the future too you know he'll be using that again uh huh right exactly yeah so what's another client so mm-hmm. we get Betsy on the floating head which is so funny Rachel Drash and um, Sean says what do you think about like when he fat shames Emily and Betsy says he really confuses weight and health and she says Sasha you are not a nutrition professional you can show her how to lift the weights but where did you get your degree from in nutrition google google he doesn't even understand he's like oh he's like what if i'd go to the google so emily (laughs) is saying you know i just really want to look like i I looked before the pregnancy and it does affect my self-esteem which affects my mood and our relationship and i'm working and then the baby doesn't sleep you know i think so many of us can relate to what she was saying everybody can and tanya's leaning over going you are beautiful. You are beautiful. And Betsy's like, your body changes. It's okay. And she was like, I just don't sleep very much. And, and Sasha goes, I am trying to help her. Uh, and then yeah, right. Blake says, Jasmine doesn't like it when I eat junk food either. And, you know, that's how it starts. I know. And then Sasha, the evil dude that he was at the tell-all, talks about your body will tell you what to eat. And then you'll get what you deserve. He says, Oh, yeah, I could just tell you, you look beautiful. Go ahead and eat your junk food. Mm. And Betsy goes, diets don't work. And if you restrict it, it's going to lead to binging later on. And Sonia, Tanya touches Sinjin and goes, he's gaining weight and I love him. I just feel, I think you just feel comfortable with the skin you're in. I love you, big papa. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, yeah, look at me. I've got a belly. uh, Ginger ninja. There's no problem. Um, So Sean asks, um, Betsy, do you think he'll leave Emily? And Betsy says, well, right now he's dependent on us for everything. And we'll see how he's going to be once he gets a green card. I know. And, and Emily goes, well, we lived just fine for three years in Moscow and he didn't leave me. And there were many beautiful women there. And he goes, and rich. Yeah. Uh, Betsy goes, I just want her to be happy and get back to being herself. So I think that Emily, in addition to probably having some postpartum and then like moving across the world and having a new baby, working full time, supporting this asshole, then he's got her at home saying, I'm not going to say you look beautiful, eat your junk food. I will say you look fine and eat your kale. I mean, he's a jerk. He is a jerk. He really showed his true colors. I mean, I I didn't think I could like him less until the tell all. And I was like, I think maybe he's the least appealing now. I mean, even below Robert, Robert came out of this looking great compared to what he did on the season. And I couldn't stand Robert for most of the season. Sasha really was just disgusting. And I love that Betsy is there to be the voice of reason. I just hope she supports Emily and doesn't just check out. You know what I mean? Because she was right on the money with everything, especially the idea that we we don't really know what he's going to act like until 
he can support himself and he doesn't really need you, you know? Yeah. Yikes. Okay. <clears throat> Should we do, we'll end with Mike and Natalie because my God, whatever. Let's go to Angela and Michael. All right. So in the opening conversation, because we don't really get to them until part two, Angela says, oh yeah, I counted in two weeks. We did it 38 times. What the <laughs> that goes to 2.71 times uh, per day. And I, I mean, okay. I'm not calling bullshit on it because I think it's probably true. Uh-uh. But, I am calling but, it. I'm calling but, bullshit. But come on, man. No. She is so nuts. I really do think they love each other, though. Am I nuts? I really do. Mm-mm. You don't think you don't think they do? Stop. I was swallowing. Oh. Um, it's the fact that I was swallowing. I was like going to cough. I, I, um, I, do, I, I do think. I do think they really love each other. I do, too. What, that's so crazy. You know? Because um, that we, at we, first, we, they were the least likely to succeed. Anyway, okay, let's get into it. All right, so we first get the recap of him crying over the K-1 visa, and he cries again. And I have to say, Angela's Botox and her makeup look really good. She looks really good. She looks really nice. She, she, cleaned, she cleaned up. She was wearing some crazy-ass blue shirt with, like, a penis knot in the front of it. When she stood up, it was not a well-placed knot in the front of the shirt. Mm-hmm. But it, she looked very good. Yeah, so she tears up because he's crying, and I, she gets very nervous when he cries. Um, and so um, she says, you know, she doesn't know what happened in the interview, but sometimes he has a problem getting his point across. And he says, you know, he studied all the questions and he knew all the answers, but the interview was only 20 minutes. And Angela's like, I don't know how they could decide that. And um, so then Angela starts to tell Mike that she and Michael always came together and they should try for it, whatever. Quit trying to insert the other people. So Angela says, you know, people just don't realize like what all we've gone through. Now here we get the goofballs. All right. So we see the video of his buddy saying that she's trashy and Michael slapping the glasses off of his face. And you know, the, the, then the other friends, he's like, after the glasses guy walks away, he's like, I just really love her. And you guys like don't respect. And like, I didn't get my K1 visa approved guy with the glasses keeps going. Hello, pumpkin, pumpkin. Hello, pumpkin. What is that all about? Yes, because she looks like a pumpkin. Oh, my. What? Is that what he meant? That's yeah. awful. I think that's what he meant. So, um, Angela says, all right, are you ready? Because I'm going to have to really take a breath for this one. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm going to take a sip because I've got it all written down. <laughs> all right. Here she goes. Angela says, Y'all had never been his friend. And if I had been there and you called me trashy bitch, there would be more than glasses flying off your fucking head. And speaking of trashy, I am the classiest, trashiest bitch you'll ever meet. Remember that shit, baby. I'll own that shit. Call me trashy face to face. You know better. I'm nothing to play with. Oh, you're going to stand up? Sit your damn broke ass down. You call this trashy? Remember this, baby. Giggle your ass. Cut him off the screen. I will walk out of this fucker. I put you on this bitch. I'll take you off this son bitch. You gonna walk out? I'm gonna walk out too. Come on, Michael. And then she walks around for a second. And then she goes, you can kiss my white trash ass. Goodbye. Thank you. Okay. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't. Oh my God. I'm going to have to be hospitalized. Took me a while. Oh my God, you got the whole thing. She said, come on, Michael, like he was in the same room with her. He is riding so hard for her. He's He's about to. He's (laughs) He was like, all right, where are we going? He's probably sitting right next to the goofballs. I think he was, because at one point he pointed and it was like, why do you want to talk to her like that? And he's pointing at them. 
I am dying. It was it was the only entertaining part of the tell-all. I mean, let's be real. Angela is a monster, but it is it's the it's the funniest part of every single thing we see on this show. Every show that she's on, she steals it because she is a Morton Povich veteran. Isn't and she turns awesome. it into a trash talk show. She does. And Robert goes, at one point, Robert goes, you really ride or die for her. <laughs> he goes, I'm going to back to 1991. <laughs> you would ride or die. He goes, I really respect that. And then, uh, oh, did you see, uh, what's his nuts? Wesley Snipes over there. And I'm calling him that yeah. because of the blue contacts and demolition man. Uh, yeah. Blake, he's staring at Angela like he is trying to shoot laser beams into her or protect himself from seeing him. Like she, he was looking at her like I couldn't even tell what the expression was on his face. Maybe just pure fear. He didn't <laughs> blink the entire time. Well, remember, he's always high. That's what Katrina says. He's always oh, high. Right. So this is really, really harsh in his buzz. <laughs> this is really harsh, harsh in his mellow. Again, for the current references. Only right. current references here. Oh, my God. Amazing. So, yeah, um, they, they, the goofballs leave. So, yeah. She so Michael says, and Michael says, I don't know what the problem is. She loves me. I love her. Period. And Tanya says to Angela regarding the goofballs, have you ever tried to reconcile with them? And I was like, have you ever watched this show? We've had three seasons of her trying to talk to these people. Exactly. So Michael says, I understand, you know, I've lost friends over Juliana. And uh, again, Angela jumps in to tell Mike and Natalie, you should try to work through it. I'm like, why is Angela really trying to make Mike and Natalie happen? Like, I don't why know. is she so into them? She's very into them. And she also keeps equating it to her journey with Michael. And I'm like, yeah, no, 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 no. Nothing's quite like your journey with Michael. Like, period. No, not at all. No. Same. I know. She's like turning into a counselor. I swear she was instructed beforehand. Like, you have to blow up once, but it can't be to a live human on this stage because last time didn't work out when you tried to assault people. So do yeah. it only on Skype. You also need to encourage <clears throat> others to stay together. I feel like she was given marching orders. Yeah. Because it was very strange. Soft, sweet Angela and trying yeah. to encourage the other people. Um, so Mike and Natalie, um, oh God. In, that, in that opening conversation, he says... Um, you know, he had a really hard time getting there to New York. Uh, it's all work related. And also he and Natalie are working hard on their differences. And first thing she says that she now says 4,000 times, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Um, and then she goes, I'll say no more. I'll say no more. Uh, she kept saying that over and over. And I'm like, you're literally on a tell all. You're on a show called a tell all. <laughs> Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Right. And so during the conversation about soulmates, Sean says, Mike, is Natalie your soulmate? And he goes, yeah, you know, I do feel like we met in another life. And Natalie says, uh, if I say he's my soulmate, it's a lie. Um, so Mike says, look, you know, I, I'm struggling with this. I've got a ton of stuff on my mind. And then here comes Angela. You may just have to push through it if you believe in it. And even in the end, if she says don't call, just call. And Sean asked Natalie if that is what she wants. And Natalie says, yes, I think the man should lead. Okay. So then we get the clip of her and her friends talking U Ukraine, talking about her ex-husband. And 
she worries, you know, she goes to the U.S., what will her life be like? And he says he can imagine, you know, what that would be like to uproot your life. And she goes, I don't know. Like, could you take care of me? And he goes, yeah, I can. And she goes, and then we see her saying the whole thing about like, I want a child right now. I know. It's so strange. And then he's like, well, I'm hesitant to have a child right now and not be there for the process. And then she goes, you know, at my age of 35 years old, I want one child. It's important. And um, Sean says, well, like, if you were here right now, would you be trying? And he said, yes. But then Natalie goes, but we haven't really talked much um, lately. And then Sean says, what's your status? And this is where we go into part two. Right. So, And we go into God versus aliens. <clears throat> right. Isn't that a movie? Okay. So she says, um, relationship is on hold and she still has doubts. And Mike says he has hope, but they both say they feel like they're talking to a wall. And she says they have issues just like other couples and they haven't had enough time together. Then we get the whole talk about religion and she wants the kids to be the same as dad. And like mom goes to church and dad laughs and believes in aliens. <laughs> and, um, and he says, it's weird. It's like aliens. And Robert goes like E.T. <laughs> Robert, his, his references are on par with ours. He I, mean, I, I was like, oh, yeah, like E.T. Exactly right, Robert. <laughs> we're like the same age. Um, so We could probably hang with Robert, no problem. Oh, So Mike is like, look, I'm not going to lie to my kids. And my point is, and, and, and she's like, I want to sit side by side with my man, and I want him to be like me. And Sasha goes, don't try to change him. It won't work. Look at me. Okay, Sasha. Sasha right. and Natalie would make a scary yet oddly great couple i think like like go ahead let natalie and sasha go off together they're both psychos and then emily and mike you know emily can live on the farm she could raise the baby bojangles can i don't know if he's allowed to be near children actually that might not work out but it, it, i just feel like they need to do a little bit of a tradesy here i think you know what that's a great idea yeah Mm-mm. so we get that whole clip package of do you love mike and her not answering him we have potential and he's a good guy and I have a good feeling, but I wouldn't lie and say I love him. And they ask her about that. And she said, no, that was my mistake. And when I get in my feelings, I don't think about others. And it's so selfish, I think. And I have a lot of feelings for him, but we have issues. She is not going to say she loves him. No. So Sean says, do you love him or not? And she just shrugs. And Angela goes, listen, do you love him or you don't? It's yes or no. And then Robert does it too. Yeah. And then she goes, well, um, I'm cautious and I don't want to go through a divorce. And there was a moment he hurt me a lot and he knows, but I don't want to discuss it here. I have feelings for Mike, but I love myself more. And he knows what that moment was, but I won't discuss it. Okay. So they're all like, tell us what happened. Tell us what happened. Tell us what happened. I know everyone on the stage, except for Blake and his robot uh-uh. are like, just speak, please speak woman. Marcel may have said something, but nobody understood him. So <laughs> Tanya says, um, love has layers and I'm like, Oh my God. And then she goes into again, like he hurts me and he knows why. So Sean goes, okay, Mike, what is it? And he goes, I don't know specifically what she's talking about, but I do love her and I do want her to come here. And Sean goes, all right, well, okay. If the visa visa comes through, will you come? And she goes, what if we could fight and then I leave or we get married and then I leave him. And Angela goes, I think Natalie's just over it. I think <laughs> Natalie is cray cray. And Sinjin goes, I couldn't marry someone who says they don't love me. And then Natalie says, if you love, you don't make pain or betray. And Robert goes, she said betrayed. <laughs> Robert is, 
killing it. <laughs> killing it. Slaying so all the it. reunion. They're all again going, what did he do? What did he do? And Mike says, look, here's the deal. I have a best friend that I lived with. It's a girl. Best friend. There was nothing between us ever. We lived together. We're just friends. She's engaged to be married. She wanted me to be her best man. The night before the wedding, I thought her fiance would be there, but he was out with his boys. I spent the night on the couch at her house. Uh, Natalie couldn't get in touch with me, and I told her the next day what happened, and I was the best man at the wedding. I was supposed to go to my aunt's, but I ended up falling asleep at my friend's house. Okay. Okay. Can we pause for a second? Because It happened a year ago. I couldn't tell if this was his best friend who was getting married or his best friend's daughter. It was very convoluted to me, and I rewound it twice. I still didn't quite understand the story. But anyway, the whole gist of it is that she thinks something happened between him and his best friend, regardless of who was getting married. Um, okay, I thought the girl that his best friend was getting married the next day, right, and he then, was going to be the best man in the wedding. But then Sean was like, wait, Natalie thought something happened between you and the best friend the night before her wedding? But I thought he was saying, my best friend's daughter was getting married. Mm. You guys, mm. you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm out of my mind tired. So it, who knows? Anyway. Well, it does matter because if it's his best friend that was getting married the next day and he slept on the couch, I don't understand the problem. But if it was his best friend's daughter, daughter. and he spent the night at her house and she was like a hot 20-year-old, <laughs> no. then we might have a problem. No. I, Because I was like, well, who the hell thinks you're cheating with someone the night before their wedding? I know. I know. Things can happen. Whatever. Yeah, but right, right, right. It, it's kind of far-fetched. Do you know what I mean? But then yeah. I'm like, oh, wait, and maybe it was the best friend's daughter getting married and he slept at his best friend's house. So this woman w wasn't getting married, you know, but then we the bigger issue is Natalie claims that this woman then contacted her later to tell her that Mike would never marry her. And we barely got any of that. But Mike's like, oh, yeah, they got into it on text. OK, yeah. first of all, stranger, why are you contacting Ukrainian stranger to exactly. fight about this. Right. And Natalie keeps saying, if he if he tells you the details, you will understand. If he tells you the details, you'll understand. And Sean says, okay, if this didn't happen, would you love him? And she goes, yes, I would love him to death. And that's why I push him to a religion. I can't be with a man who does things like he did. And you don't know the whole story. Well, you know says, what? I, know. I have a feeling. I have a feeling she's getting some information from her friend who's married to his male best friend also. Mm -hmm, like if we go way, point. way back deep dive on one of the very first few episodes where we met them, he met her through his friend who married a Ukrainian woman. Natalie is her friend. Exactly. So I bet she's getting intel through side sources. Maybe she even has a direct line to the barn. Who knows? Bojangles could be in on this. But it seems like she knew something. She's being very coy about it and very obnoxious about not saying it. But it seems like she, I don't know, like she has some information and he is not really even privy to what information she has. So he doesn't really know how much to say. He doesn't know. Um, yeah. But like, you know, and this is what Sean got criticized for. She didn't follow up. She didn't go, okay, Mike, then tell us the details. Like, you know, so then that's the, yeah, that's the end of it. Yeah. It's the end of the show, and at the end, we have Tanya says she still doesn't know if Sinjin is her soulmate, but she thinks they can have a loving and long-lasting relationship. Tanya, shut up. Um, Angela says she's going back to Nigeria, hopefully get married over there. And uh, Marcel says seeing all of this back made him very happy. And then Anna separately goes, maybe Marcel seeing it back made him all feel stupid, but I want him to move forward. I was like... <laughs> 
maybe he doesn't understand the difference between the word happy and stupid. I don't, maybe he doesn't and that's okay. We're just going to hopefully never see him again. And you know what? They can ride off into the sunset. I hope he's good to those boys. That's all I hope. I want, I want those kids to be okay. Um, Robert says he never got an apology from, um, diamond Fox porn grandma. And Annie goes, no, no, she's fake as hell. And he says, nope, didn't get an apology from her. Let the doorknob hit you where the good Lord split you. <laughs> Which, by the way, is something my dad says. I love it. Oh, boop, 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 <laughs> Breaking news, frauded by TLC on Instagram. Congratulations, Robert and Annie. A, is a source inside production tells me that Annie is pregnant. <gasps> oh, well, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for them, too. Um. Blake says, uh, back to the ending, Blake says his friends do mean a lot to him, but they're not everything. Um, Emily says she hopes to have a relationship with the other baby mamas like Michael and Sarah have. Okay, it's not going to happen. And um, no. Mike says it's hard to explain how to be about Natalie uh, when she's not there. And Natalie says, oh, yes, I maybe give him a second chance. And Angela, at the very end, has chased poor Mike down in the hall and goes, I just want to tell you something. You need to go to her. And I have a feeling about y'all. I'm psychic. Like, I'm a crazy psychic? Like, I'm a crazy psychic. And I have a feeling. And I think you need to go to her. And meanwhile, he is trying to escape. He's like, uh-huh. He's like, he and his Bluetooth are just walking away. <laughs> He's like, I'm getting a call from the aliens. I'm going to go tap, off planet. Tap, tap, tap. I got a call. got to go. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to go off planet, guys. Oh, my God. And that's the end of that, that two hour. And then what do we have next? We have Before the 90 Days coming up. Yeah, we have Before the 90 Days coming up. The first hour of it is already out on the TLC Go app or it's on demand. You can watch it. I started watching it last night. Uh, We'll be covering it. I got to tell you guys, and again, we'll say more about this later, but I have been so sick. Mary Payne has been sick, too. And... For real, we're going to cover what we can. I'm going to cover what I can, but I'm going to be pulling back on the amount of podcasts I'm doing per week and what I'm covering because it's just simply too much. And it's for some reason, February has just hit us really hard and I need a little bit of a break. So we'll see what comes next week. This week, there was no Married at First Sight recap. I'm hoping to be back with Kirsty next week to do that. And uh, we'll hope to get a recap up for 90 Day 2. But like I said, I will keep you posted. You know, that's kind of where I'm at right now, just to be honest. Yeah, we are. We are uh, struggle bus party of two yeah. first class seats. <clears throat> I don't um, want to I don't want to compromise my health anymore. And it's not beca- the podcasting. It's not that has done it. It's just the amount that I put on myself. So I'm just I'm just saying this out there to the listeners. So if you don't see a podcast pop up on the right day or it, it looks like I've skipped a week. That's how it's going to be for these next couple weeks, and I will let you know what's coming when I know, and I'll definitely still keep my Patreons um, going, the one with Mary Payne. Hey, Bunky, of course, on Patreon. We'll get our recap up there this week, and then every week as we go, we'll make sure to do that for you guys, and I usually average about three on my Pink Shade Patreon, and I've got some booked out for that, too, but I need to take a little bit of a step back before I actually die. So, uh, yeah, you, yeah. you're, uh, you're doing all the work. So much work. Yeah. Work so much work. I'm going to write it in my Ziad notebook. All right. So Mary Payne, tell us what's coming up on pain in the pod and then we'll cut out of here. Okay. So last week 
I got to talk with um, Nikki Boyer of Dying for Sex, which was amazing. And this week I have Jamie Rice of the podcast Murderish, and she's really Murderish is a great true crime podcast. She covers a story. I think she comes out every other week. Um, but if you ever want to go back and listen to her first episode, I think it might be first and second, but I think it's her first episode. She was on a murder trial that lasted like two and a half weeks, um, which is fascinating. Oh wow! So she talks, yeah, she she tells me about that on Pain in the Pod. But if you ever want to go back and listen to that, it's really, really interesting to hear, you know, her actually being in the jury room and hearing all the evidence and, you know, what would what would make you kind of question like, oh, should we do first degree murder? Or should we do manslaughter when this guy just like killed his wife in cold blood? You know, and it's it's it's, it's pretty fascinating. Um, but she's really um, neat and fun. And I love talking to her. And she was like a, you know, an easy person to talk to. That's it's great. Not, it's not always that way on podcasts, but th- she was super, super easy and fun to talk to. And she was like, "All right, just come over to your house." I was like, "I think you live in LA, but all right." <laughs> That's, yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, I really liked uh, "Dying for Sex." I subscribed. I listened to the first few episodes. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing. Really, not not at all about like sex. Really, it is. It is down and dirty, but it is so much about their relationship. You know, and about the idea of like what makes you feel alive and when you're facing death. And it's, it's very deep. Yeah. I'm loving it. Me too. Yeah. Okay. You guys follow uh, Mary Payne at Pain in the Pod on social media. You can follow me at Erin Leah Martin. Like I said, I'll keep you updated. Instagram, Twitter, those are my handles. Or just join the Pink Shade with Erin Martin Facebook group page. I keep you updated there as to what's going on as well. Thank you for hanging in there today. Thank you, Mary Payne, for just, you know, being Jesus, footprints in the sand and carrying <laughs> me through this. Uh, we'll get back at you at Hey Bunky this week. Thank you to everyone who's supporting us over there. We, the, quarter one, no sponsorships right now. So Patreon, you guys are keeping us afloat and I appreciate you immensely. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for leaving a rating and review. If you're a subscriber and you haven't done that yet, we really appreciate that. You know, and if you're here and you're liking it, letting us know by doing that really helps spread the word. We love you. Okay. Bye, Mary Payne. Bye-bye. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.